Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friend, is a Tell Dell Tuesday. And with this is a gentleman from Dallas, Texas, Gaurav Goyal. Gaurav, welcome to the show. Good morning, Dell. I'm happy to be here. I didn't catch his Mahail with you, or are you by yourself today? I'm by myself. She's at a fundraiser, so she can make it. Uh, you guys are charity guys. I know that. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, why you came to Lifestyles. In fact, just a little real quick here. You've done four deals as a lead. How many deals did you do as a passive? 18 so far. 18 passive deals. Wow, I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's a lot. All right, so we got a lot of deals done and a short period of time. Joined in 2016. Let's talk about... When did you first start thinking about looking into lifestyles, and how did you hear about us? Well, um, my, both my wife and I were working towards a corporate career, and we didn't see any end to it. And we were trying to find ways to get some sort of financial freedom that was not associated with the ups and downs of the stock market. So in 2016, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a lifestyle member, and he introduced me to real estate investing. I have no background in it. I had no knowledge of it, but he got me intrigued about it enough so that I came in and um, uh, went to one of those sessions where they talked a little bit about the program. Okay, so you came to one of the free workshops. And what did you think when you first were introduced to it? A little skeptical? Being a you know, college-educated person that has uh, made it in corporate America, was there a little bit of skepticism? It sounded too good to be true, absolutely. And uh, the only reason I came is because I, a colleague told me who I felt he's a very conservative investor, so you know there has to be some meat to it. And I had no background in real estate, so I didn't know what other people were doing. So it was my first introduction to real estate investing. Um, but I was intrigued enough to continue uh, digging further. Now, were you born in India and then came here, or were you born here and had Indian family? No, I was born in India, and I actually came here for my MBA uh, back in 2002. And what age was that? Um, what, what age I was at that time? Yes. How, how, a lot how, younger, <laughs> like 25. <laughs> So the point I want to get to, all right, and I'm going to make a point 
at your behest. In other words, the fact that this is a compliment in, in more ways than one. But there's people in America that do not appreciate the opportunities that there are here in this country. And when other people come here from other countries, I always get a kick out of the fact that they come here, they see those opportunities, and they take advantage of them. Would you speak to that for us a little bit? Because we need a little nationalism positivity here. Absolutely. I think uh, the U.S. is the most attractive country to come for people seeking new opportunities. We felt that when I was in India studying for my bachelor's in engineering, um, all of us who were looking to make something of our careers were interested in coming to America. And it was really hard. You know, you got to have good scores and you go through a process um, uh, that's very rigorous. So it's not just the admission process, it's also the immigration process. And, uh, um, you know, you come here and you see how open uh, and accepting um, everyone is, and the sky is the limit about what you can make yourself, uh, you know, in terms of lack of, you know, limited government intervention, um, access to uh, funds, access to opportunities, um, just a global uh, ex- exposure um, is amazing. You don't see that everywhere, especially not when I was in India. Is there a class system in India? I'm not familiar. I'm just asking because I really don't know. Um, historically, there has been. Uh, it, it, you know, with with capitalism and other factors, it's going away. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad that you're here and glad that you've done what you've done. You went to the free workshop. You were a little skeptical. Did you go ahead and join then, or did you wait a while? Oh, no, no, no. I am uh, what uh, Dave Fisher calls the B personality, that is analysis and paralysis by analysis sometimes, where uh-huh. I think and I think, so that's my personality. It took me a while. I uh, went to uh, case study, I went to uh, the, the, the weekend, I, I joined as a um, initial member, the, the FFP member um, initially, so that I can learn more. And it took me a good few weeks before I finally decided to join as a full preferred member. And uh, when you went to the two-day, which is really the baseline of information to get started with here, when you went to that, did you have any aha moments? And I like to ask people that because what was it that stuck out? Like, that's it, light bulb went on, now I get it, this is the way business really works etc. What Did you have any of those aha moments? Absolutely. There were two big aha moments. One, when I talked to the people sitting next to me, the people like me. So I could relate to where they were coming from and what they were trying to achieve. So we had common goals and common similar uh, backgrounds. And the second was when I sat through the two-day, um, I'm an engineer, math and all that is, is big for me. That's how I understand things. It was really made it very, very clear mathematically how it works. And that made sense to me, you know, about how this actually is not just some pie in the sky, but something that actually is grounded in reality and numbers. Okay, so your connection was the numbers, and were the numbers pretty overwhelming when you saw how you could change and reposition the value of pieces of real estate? 
it wasn't overwhelming for me to understand but it seemed like wow i this is a world that i hadn't seen at all and um once i understood it i was like kicking myself as why didn't i know this a few years ago <laughs> yeah why don't they teach us in school right so okay so you went through the class and um when you came out of the class you came out i assume in the position of wanting to do multifamily because that's what it looks like you've done did you ever even dabble with the single family no uh, initially i was i didn't have plans to really spend that much time i had small kids i still have uh, you know middle school age kids now and my wife was working so i thought the easiest path for me was to become a passive multifamily investor that required the least amount of effort so that's how i decided to join as the multifamily preferred member you know i was looking at your resume and uh, it said something like you were buying like four deals a year when you first started out yeah as a passive i was i was investing um anywhere from 2 to 5 a year and that's how i got into 18 deals in the last 5 years now you've uh worked your way through being a passive you've seen some of the deals starting to sell and refi and you've had some pretty good gains on these can you share some of the types of gains you've made on some of these passive deals oh they've been amazing you know unlike stock market ups and downs uh, you know in in passive and as a passive investor i've only seen the ups and in you know i i, I got into my initial deal the same month i joined lifestyle uh in november 2016 and i got i the those properties uh, refied and sold for over 100% return um uh the first deal and then since then another three deals have sold um between one and a half to four years of hold for returns of 70 to 100% wow You're on a run, man. <laughs> That's good. I I tell you what, we're going to go ahead uh, and take a break here in a minute. And when we come back, let's talk about why you decided we were doing so well in passive investing, why you decided to change over and become a lead yourself. That's what we'll get when we come back. We'll be right back with Gaurav Goyal and the Dell Wamsa Radio Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first 3 orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell is uh, Gaurav Goyal out of Dallas, Texas. Gaurav's done 18 passive deals and has been a lead in 4 deals himself. As we went to break, uh we asked Rob to get ready to provide us information uh, about why he after being so successful with passive deals decided to move into being a lead investor himself. Rob, pick it up there. What what happened to make you change your mind, decide you want to get in there and swing the club yourself? I think uh, it was two factors. One was that as I continued being passive, I was still 
being an informed passive investor where I used to go to the properties that other people had invested in to learn more about how operations work. So it was very interesting to me. So that was number one. And the second part was when uh, Lifestyles came up with a, 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 a program where they would teach you how to uh, run a property. It made something as complex as, as uh, buying and managing and selling properties uh, more achievable, more understandable. So I think based on my knowledge that I gathered as well as the program, the education program, it made me feel confident that I could do this. And that's when I jumped in and I decided I really want to do it myself. Now, from the beginning of this process, from when your friend introduced you, up through you joining and then up through you investing up into the preferred membership, where was Mahay at in all this? Was she positive, negative, apprehensive, uh, or on board? How do you see her involvement here? Um, well, she's an engineer, too. So she was also very much like, I want, you know, show me. Okay? You know, show it to me, prove it to me. And uh, it took a couple of years, but by the time um, we decided to become leads um, to buy our own property, um, she was, uh, she, you know, she had bought into it. I think it took a few checks from the distributions, um, the, you know, one of the properties refied, and she saw that this is actually something that we can rely on for our retirement. Gotcha. So, as usual, you know, when you get a bunch of engineers in a room, you have your engineering jokes, right? So if it's if it's not broken, it needs reinforcement. That's right. <laughs> right. Every year there needs to be a new model, so nobody knows how to use it. Yeah, exactly. I got a, I got a ton of them, man. I got a ton of them. <laughs> if you're born with a hammer in your hand, everything looks like a nail. So that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I go on all day on that stuff. So let's move on. Uh, I'm laughing at my own jokes. That's terrible radio, I guarantee you. That's good. (laughs) So um, when you first decided to do it, let's talk about the process that you took. Um, You went and you took the classes. You got certified. Did you start developing your list of passives before you found a deal, or were you finding a deal and then finding the passives? How did you work that? Uh, there's two things we do. We basically, um, you know, you, you start meeting people and you start meeting with the other passive investors who are interested in being informed about your deal. So you start forming what we call the list of our investors. So, uh, you know, you meet them, you know, you hand them your card, um, they contact you, you put them on your list, uh, you find common interests of where they want the investment, what kind of investment they want to invest in. And then you start forming your team of people that can support the actual purchase and management of the property. How did you locate your first deal? It was actually a lifestyle realty a, a broker who came to me and said that there is a deal that a fellow lifestyle member is selling, but uh, he wants to offer it first to the lifestyle member group, and it fits my uh, um, profile. So backing up a little bit, I had been in touch with the Lifestyles Realty Broker initially, that was part of my team, and shared with her what kind of deal and what kind of price I was willing to pay for a particular deal, so sort of my criteria. And that's how uh, she knew about what I was looking for. So when a deal like that came, she contacted me, and that's when we got into the conversation about, okay, let's go look at the property, let's look at the numbers, see if it makes sense, uh, see it fits. Um, for what I'm looking for. 
And let's talk about what you liked about the property when you got there. What what made it look like this is the one for me to start with? So I think the best part was it was owned by a fellow Lifestyles member, so I know it was maintained well, and there'd be less surprises. I mean, we're buying older properties. Surprises are always there, but I knew that it would be well-maintained. I also knew that um, with the team that I had, they could give me feedback on on what needs to get done uh, so I'm comfortable with what I was trying to buy. Um, I thought the price was pretty good for the market. I knew what I could do to improve the financials. The other part of it, it was within 15 minutes of where I lived. That was important to me so I could go visit the property. So the improvement, you raised the capital, then purchased the property. And so now you owned it. What was your plan for the property? Because you said this is a hybrid, that this cash flowed when you purchased it. So it wasn't a deep dive. How did you approach it when you took it over? So my goal was first, the rents were below market, so we wanted to get the rents to market. We were going to improve the upgrades to make it uh, much more nicer. We added uh, an amenity. We added a pergola and a grill, a couple of grills there for the residents. There was a pool and nothing much else. And the goal for the hybrid was that in year three or four, we will refi and, a real, and we will sell it uh, year five or six. So we bought this three years ago, so we are right around that time to start considering a refi of this property. Let's talk numbers of profits. Was there any cash flow profits to your partners? Yes, uh, we cash flowed after the second quarter of our purchase, and we've cash flowed every quarter since. What kind of cash flow numbers were you guys pulling in? What rate of return? Put it simple numbers that people can understand. Yeah, 5 to 6% a year on an average. Okay. Even throughout the pandemic. That's great. And now you're coming to a a sale? Is this your coming up on a sale or is, is this a refi? We're, we're going to do a refi, but we always also look at the option to sell. So we are considering both options, and then we'll present it to our investors to see where they want to go there. What kind of numbers are you penciling in on, this sale, on the, the refi and or the sale as far as profits you're going to make out of it? And you only got 30 seconds to answer that. About 100% return on the refi and about 150% return on the sale. Great numbers, great numbers. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me three times, shame on me. What does that ring into yeah. your life when I say that? Well, it's, um, you know, th- three times we've been hit over the head with losses over the stock market in our retirement accounts. I, I couldn't stand roller coaster so that third time that's when i finally got off it just takes me a while i guess you know bob we hear that story and i've heard that since i was a little kid that you know just stay in there it's going to come back it's, you know and you see it go up you see it go down then you see record stock market highs and you have to think to yourself well they've got to be right the market keeps getting larger and larger and larger but it's it's all about when it hits isn't it that just psychologically kicks you yeah, and, you know, we just would, it just would feel like we would go down and down and down, and I'm watching our accounts getting lower and lower. And we would, so then you think, okay, it can't go any lower than this, and then it would go lower. Well, then at that point, you have to stay in just to let it ride back up. But, you know, like you said in the two day, I've heard this multiple times if I lose 50%, I got to gain 100% just to get back to where I was. 
We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is Gaurav Goyal from Dallas, Texas. Gaurav has done 18 passive deals, very profitable deals, and he's also done four deals as a lead, syndication as a lead. So um, as we get into this, Gaurav, you've done, you've told us about the first deal you did and why you liked it. Let's talk about the second deal. How did you find it and what was it like? The second deal was, I was looking for a deal that was a little bit bigger, a little bit different for different experience. So I found this hybrid deal with a little bit more value component to it. And uh, it was 64 units. I found it uh, by working within Lifestyles Unlimited Broker. And uh, we basically went, you know, bought this back in uh, uh, June of 2019. Okay. So you've got two properties now, both of them in Euless, Texas. Are they pretty close together? So I have I have my um, my first and my third property. So the second property we bought in 2019 is in a different place. But the first and third are in Euless and Bedford. They're actually across the street from each other. Wow. Um, and, yeah, but they're just separated by a road, but they're in different cities. So that's how it worked out. And uh, we actually branded them the same, and we combined the offices, and we've got a lot of operational efficiency just by doing that. So you took a 58 and tied it together with a 64 and created a really more functional combined number of 115 or so units, 112. Yeah, yeah. you have better staffing and uh, better purchasing ability and management ability by doing that. Yeah, that's a very that's very good. I think it's 122. I'm trying to do the math in my head here, but uh, I did the same thing. I took a 68 and a 64 right across the street from each other and put them together. And man, that was one of the most profitable deals I ever did <laughs> because you're taking the economics of a property that's trying to, to manage everything for a 64 or 68, and yours is a 64 and a 58, but each one of those has all of this duplicated overhead costs that when you put them together, you get rid of the duplicated overhead costs and staffing costs and so forth. And that should have taken them, whatever your NOI was and your cash flow was when you bought them, just one up the way it was even before you started to fix it. Just by putting them together, that should have given you the economics of scale to make them both go up in profitability and value. Is that the case? Absolutely. And the one thing that we found also is, you know, if you look at potential pool of buyers in the future, there are more buyers looking for to buy bigger properties, which means higher prices per unit versus smaller properties. So there is some potential benefit of that as well. Well, it actually gives you the ability to have both. Right? You can either sell them together or separate them, whichever you could. You know, at the moment, maybe there was a higher demand for small properties. Either way, you've got them both. So it's a pretty good deal, especially when they're right across the street from each other. Let's talk about what did you do to this one to improve it? We painted the exteriors. That was a little bit more value add. We painted the exteriors. We did a lot of the interior upgrades. We also replaced rotten wood with with hardy board and redid the laundry room, a whole bunch of stuff. There was some pest control issues. This was this property had uh, a lot of deferred maintenance, so we took over. Uh, the other thing we did was they were using a two-bedroom unit as an office, and it doesn't make sense to have an office for a small property in a two-bedroom unit. So we just bifurcated the wall. We created a new bathroom, and we just created an efficiency 
next to the office. So we took half of it as the office and half of it as an efficiency. So we created a revenue source by just putting a wall and a bathroom. Excellent. Excellent idea. What other upgrades did you do and what did you do with the rents? So other upgrades we did were we did back appliances. We did backsplashes in the unit. We did a vinyl plank flooring. We also did ceiling fans in the bedrooms. We redid the pool, replastered the pool. We painted the wrought iron fences that were there and, and the staircases. And for the rents, they were under market. And we were able to, through our upgrades, increase the rent about $100 in a couple of years. Very good. Very good. Now, have you on either of these first two, well, the first one we already talked about, you're going to refi or sell this year. What about the second one? What's the timetable for the second one? How do you see that working? So the second one, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the property that's, um, that's not next to each other, the one that we bought a little bit further away. That's the one that we are in contract to sell. And total returns for the investors in the two years that we've held it would be over 90% including cash on cash and the increase in the price per unit that we're getting based on our sale price. Again, very good rates of return. You should have called me and let me know so I could have got in on the deals. <laughs> but no, you're holding out from the old man. Keep the old no. man out of the deal. Don't want him to get any richer. Come on now. <laughs> no, not at all. Great deals. Now, did I get this wrong? Is it the Bedford deal that's across the street from the Euless deal? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so that was my third deal. So the Bedford deal is my third deal, and the Euless deal is my first deal. That's the one that's across the street. I know I it sounds you. weird, but... I tied the wrong ones together. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you had about 200 <laughs> units then. 195 units. 195, okay. Tell us about this third one here, this Bedford deal. So the Bedford 100... deal we bought right in the middle of COVID last year. So that was a little bit of a different experience, but, but we've done a lot of work around the resident amenities. So we replaced all the patios with brand new patios, we repainted the playground, we added equipment, we removed old equipment, we put a rubber mulch. This, is, this, this property was on the Masters Tour this year on the Expo as well. And uh, we upgraded the unit significantly. And this one is an all-built paid property. It's a sub-metered property. So one of the things we found is we had the Great Freeze in Texas uh, this year. A lot of people were interested in all-built paid properties. And we just found that allowed us to raise our rents pretty much every other month and still have a lot more prospects. So we've been able to increase our rents by $138 on just our regular units, which, which are not super upgraded. And then we said, hey, we have an ability to upgrade them even further because the demand was so high and everybody was like, hey, I would pay more. So we just did a diamond class or a super upgrade where we put uh, granite countertops and upgraded bathroom tiles and much more nicer fixtures, and we were able to raise the rents by $300. So we've got two units so far that we have raised the rents $300, and now we're looking to do more. That was not even in our plan. We just found the demand spoke to us to say that there was a few people, there, there were at least a few people who were willing to pay the premium for the nicer apartment. In these situations, Gaurav, every time I see this, we always look and you find out you have this greater potential, but you didn't know it going in. 
so you didn't bring the money going in to do those upgrades. How are you financing those upgrades at this point? Part of it was because we were able to raise rents a lot faster, so our income went up. Our initial uh, increase in income for the first year was a lot more conservative. So when we raised our normal rents by $138, it created additional cash flow. And the second thing was we have a contingency fund that we keep in every property that allows us to get through things like the pandemic, to get things like any major unplanned expenses, like a boiler breaking down that looked fine when we took over the property. So we were able to use some of that contingency money and apply towards these unplanned but revenue-increasing upgrades. So you don't feel that you put a bind in your cash flow doing this? No, no, not for the two that I've done so far. If I had to do a lot, lot more, then maybe, but I can do a few more before I have to worry about that. Excellent. I've seen that happen in the past. That's why I'm asking the question. Looks like we're going to go to a break right now. I'll be right back with Gaurav Goyal and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Now, from the files of Dell Wamsley. First segment of my life got me away from controlling, manipulative people telling me that I have to be as messed up as they are in life. That was my parents. And so I learned you do not have to be controlled and manipulated. And number two, you don't have to be as messed up as the people around you. You don't have to believe the lies that they live uh, in their life every day. You can live a different way, even though they tell you it's the only way to live. I found out you don't have to be fat. You don't have to be physically out of shape. And you don't have to let people push you around and berate you and make you feel terrible about yourself. You can fix all of those things. So I learned to take physical control of my life, self-control of my mental ability to say, in which I use it even to this day, willpower, to say I'm going to stop eating and I'm going to stop drinking and I'm going to start exercising and realize that you don't need all that stuff. You think you need it. It's really an addiction. Food is an addiction. Alcohol is an addiction. Spousal acceptance is an addiction. Uh, Many people just do whatever their spouse tells them to do, and you find you waste hours and hours and hours a day not getting anything done that you need to get done because you're doing the minutia of life that people want you to put into your life. And I found I didn't have to do that. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is Gaurav Goyal. And he's out of Dallas, done 18 passive deals, four lead deals. And as we come to this segment, the last deal to talk about is the one you're working on now. You have not closed this deal yet? Yeah, no, we have not closed. We're scheduled to close in the next two weeks. All right, so 265 units. Uh, I don't want to say any more than that about it um, because we've got to be careful about two things. One, giving away your information so that somebody else doesn't try to squeeze in and take your deal. And secondly, because we don't want to act like we're trying to solicit for the deal. So if we can stay outside of those parameters, what's the idea of moving up to a 265-unit deal? What do you like about this deal? The one thing I like about, there's a few things I like. There's one main thing is this area is going through a rejuvenation. The city is investing particularly some funds to improve the area. So you always want to look for the areas where you, you are going in where things are getting better, right? So that gives an opportunity. The rents were 
significantly lower. The current owner has been focusing more on the rehab of the property versus getting their operations streamlined. So I have an opportunity to take a property that has gone through significant rehab and improve operations and increase rent. So those are some of the reasons why I like it. The 265 unit gives me a lot of scale in terms of the people I can hire and do more things internally with staff that is hired versus using contract labor. So that is also something I like in this size of a deal. A couple years ago back, quite a few, I don't remember exactly how many years back, I looked at a deal buying one in Fort Worth, and I don't know if it's in the same area or not, but there was an area in Fort Worth, as you were talking about, that was really plighted, I mean, in really bad condition. And uh, it wasn't just the, you know, I, I saw the property, I was looking at it, had the, you know, super great price, and, but as I drove there, properties on all sides of it were really bad. And there was crime and so on and so forth. And then we realized why it was so low. Is that area in Fort Worth, is it starting to come back now? It might be the same area. And I know that the area that we are in is one of those areas that has historically had that issue. But I'm actually on the advisory board of the nonprofit that is helping put money into it. I met with the councilman. And, you know, there's a lot of focus to put money, resources, people engagement to improve the area. It's a great location near downtown of Fort Worth, near the uh, big university, Texas Christian University. A lot of new developments happening within a few miles. So that is a, in a very good area. It just historically has not had the focus and investment. So... I like being part of the solution by being part of that board. Um, it also gives me insights into what is coming up in that area. Yeah, part, you're part of the solution and you're getting in on the ground floor. Two very good things. Let's talk now about the future. What, what are your plans for the future here? Well, Dale, I retired in October. <laughs> so I have reached what I started to do earlier than I had planned. So now my focus is really between being a good lead syndicator and doing right by my investors and by my residents, but also to, one, spend more time in the community through board membership and other initiatives and spend more time with my middle uh, school age kids. That's what's in front of me right now, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, you got to get that time with those kids, man. They grow up and yeah. they're gone. Uh, you know, all of our kids are out of the nest. And, you know, we're so happy just to get them to come for Christmas. <laughs> Give us a day or two of your year, right? So you got to yeah. get it while they're there. They're, you know, captured right now. You can get to them. So that, that's good. Any political aspirations? Once people get into what you've been doing, working in your communities, a lot of times people get pushed to go into politics. You got any political aspirations? Not at this point. I'm, I'm right now a sponge. I'm, I'm trying to be like a sponge. I want to understand. I want to learn. The police departments, the community organizers, about how things work. And then we will see what happens. Right now I just want to learn. I want to contribute. And if that makes me feel like I need to do more than that, it might lead me there. But... Right now, I'm just enjoying learning and being part of this great organization uh, on their board. 
Well, we've got one Lifestyles member that's a mayor. I think he's now running for Senate, state Senate. And uh, we've got two other Lifestyles members that are judges. So you go ahead and represent. <laughs> get up there and help the community, man. Remember, Absolutely. if you help enough other people's world get what they want, you can have whatever you want. And people go, ah, I don't believe that. And they say, yeah, why? Because I helped somebody once and I didn't get anything. <laughs> once is not enough, man. you got to get out there and touch some people. And you sounds like you're out there touching people. Grav, that's great, wonderful thing. How about Mahaya? Is she a believer yet? She is absolutely a believer. She is actually the fundraiser we are going to is for the same nonprofit. So she's very involved in her own way. She still has a corporate job that she loves. But she's absolutely involved, uh, if not in the same amount of time, but definitely in our conversation, decision-making. She's absolutely interested, excited, and loves being part of it. That's great. Absolutely great. Well, when you get done doing all this stuff you're doing and you get totally saturated and satiated with all the love and giving that you're giving and loving and doing and taking the raising the kids, I may tap you for coming back to mentor some people someday. What do you think of that? I'm happy to, I mean, lifestyle has changed my life, our life. So I'm I'm here to help in whatever facility way that I can. So I'm there if you need me. All right, great. Thank you for coming on the radio show. And we really appreciate you sharing your time and your family's information. And the rest of you out there, remember this. Gaurav has retired in four years where his plan was 10. He's hit his financial goals and he's now working on his social goals. Remember, it's not just for money. It's for the quality of lifestyle. Have a wonderful day.